Welcome to the DWG Podcast. My name's Ben Brace. And I'm Ed Flaxman, and this is your melting pot of landscape conversations. So the podcast, I guess, came about from us spending many a, a fine hour in a drinking establishment, or maybe <laughs> dining together, just talking, I guess, general topical stuff within the industry, um, and realising that we do this way too much. Yeah. So maybe we should, I guess, formalise it and put it into some sort of podcast to see if anyone else is interested, I guess, in our musings. Yeah, definitely. And it was also, you know, talking about current issues in the profession, but also the the uh, real positives in the industry, um, and also kind of just chewing the fat over our experiences and um definitely making that transition from education to practice um how easy we felt found it how difficult we found it the trials and tribulations etc definitely i think we're, we're really fortunate that we've kind of been through the mill to a certain degree i guess you could say that we're in the middle of our career and we've both been you know, we graduated in 2007, so we're 12 years into the industry yeah. and we've taken, you know, relatively different paths into it and we've chopped and changed. And I think through that experience, um, we're hoping to offer, I guess, a bit of an insight into the industry through topical information. And, and I just wish more people were open about their experiences, both positive and negative in the yeah. industry. And I think that's an area that, you know, people might not want to listen to it, which is absolutely fine. But I think if we can as I say, every month, just add a little bit of inspiration, a bit of passion, and also a bit of knowledge in the industry that we're working in to help, you know, that 16-year-old who doesn't know what to do mm. and likes the idea of landscape architecture but doesn't know what it's about yeah. to the graduate that's now going into the industry with the, you know, eyes wide open, not sure what to expect, yeah. to someone sitting there after six years in the same design practice thinking, I really want to make a difference, but I don't know how to get out of this and, and you know, create a catalyst for change here yeah, yeah. Um, and also the person that, that's taken that risky decision to do a complete curveball and mood, move sideways in the industry not necessarily up or down but actually you know explore one of the many routes of the, this in, industry has that's in its really arsenal true. yeah that's really true and so. yeah that's what it's about that is our podcast I think so in a nutshell yeah I guess to introduce ourselves in a <laughs> Yeah, an introduction kind of formally into both of our... our... <laughs> who are you, Ben? <laughs> uh, who am I? Crikey, that's a, that's a deep and meaningful uh, question. So just to give you a brief um, synopsis of my quite varied and meandering path <laughs> to where I am now. I, it started... On my mum and dad's market store selling plants and flowers, that's where I started from. Um, yeah, it starts with the plants for me. I studied horticulture first, I got introduced to garden design, then went on to the, to the landscape and garden design course that you, you and we I met. You and that's I where met, our met, relationship met first started. The, the, the seed was sown <laughs> at that point. Um, so then, yeah, graduated after that. Um, went out to work um, for a couple of practices. I worked for a planning consultancy in um, in Chelmsford. Um, unfortunately, got made redundant at the, after about two and a half years. But that was the catalyst to make me go out and see you mm-hmm. in Australia because yeah. you was out there working in Australia. 
um, uh, which was an amazing experience. I mean, like we often reminisce about the we do. Uh, we do. the long hot summers and uh, <laughs> the creepy crawlies and the koala bears <laughs> and the beaches. Oh my goodness! Anyway, why are we here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, and yeah, coming back, found it difficult to find work, so I worked for a cat. Um, basically like a cad pool basically for about four or five months then um yeah worked for a, a, a sort of medium-sized design practice um concentrating basically on landscape and visual impact assessments um a bit of design work um and then yeah made the the rather interesting sidestep to working for the royal horticultural society as a project manager, which is um, yeah, where I am at the moment, which is um, a bit of a a bit of a step change and a bit of a, a, a stretch, but you know, um, it's such a an amazing experience and an amazing opportunity mm. to really I might just go off on one just a little bit, no, but to really to kind of um, challenge preconceptions of what landscape architects are and what, what they can do. I think um, it's a really rare opportunity that you've kind of grabbed with both hands and, uh, and as you say, a bit of a curveball in terms of where your path was, I suppose, compared yeah. to where it is now. But yeah. I think it, it, you know, from my perspective, it, it kind of, it suits you in yeah. a way. It, it suits your personality and your, your passion within the industry as well. And passions, yeah. And so what did you do, Ed, after graduating? Uh, so I guess, I mean, in a similar way, I guess starting from the beginning, um, I was very fortunate to be kind of bred in the countryside in yeah. the sense that, you know, brought up on a family farm and always had that attachment with, with nature and right. studying. I didn't really enjoy school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it literally came down to rolling the dice with my careers advisor at school saying, yeah. what's your favourite topic, subject, and what did you do for your um, work experience placement? Yeah. And I happened to have a neighbour that worked at a, a garden nursery. Oh, and I happened yeah. to really enjoy um, product design. I enjoy creating things. Yeah. So uh, put that in the machine and the machine popped up. I think one was a hairdresser and one was a garden designer, oddly. And I thought, hang on, garden design, I've never known what that is or, or yeah. thought, thought what it could involve. My mum was a hugely keen gardener and still is to this day a mm. very, very good horticulturalist. And so... I yeah took took uh, the leap and thought well I've got to do something everyone's telling me to go to uni so why don't I give it a go studied hairdressing um, yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah just threw myself into a, a garden design and landscape design course uh, graduated and decided to to try the industry mm. um, I think we we picked up earlier actually that. It wasn't until I studied that course that I was introduced to landscape architecture yeah, and same. suddenly the curtains were drawn on this huge industry yeah, that yeah. was, you know, full of potential and, and it wasn't until that point that I really, you know, understood that that was out there yeah. to, to be had. So I, I love the whole idea of, um, yeah, because I was very um, kind of constrained by a garden and gardening and then all of a sudden landscape architecture, it's like, it's, the huge, scales huge. are just, yeah, monumental. Definitely. Um, and that's what first... Um, drew me to landscape architecture was that ability to really um, make change on a massive scale mm, potentially definitely 
I went into that degree course thinking I was going to come out, buy a van, get yeah, some tools in the back, exactly. do a little bit of design and build these gardens. <laughs> Before that, I thought I was going to be on the family farm for the rest of my life. And then suddenly I got hit with the Landscape Institute shovel of this is landscape architecture <laughs> and this whole world out there. And yeah. then kind of, yeah, hit the ground running from there, I guess. Went into industry because I was keen to see what it was like. Oh. Cut my teeth on the, the, you know, the CAD monkey desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you say, had the opportunity to, after my master's, go out and work abroad in Australia, which was fantastic in terms of, you know, knowledge base of, of you know, climate and its relationship with horticulture, of cultural and social issues around, you know, different different countries. So yeah. that was that was really good. And then came back and worked in a really busy, well known landscape architect practice in London, where you know I was working fourteen, fifteen hour days, and really kind of at the the pinnacle of, of pushing landscape architecture and design in the public realm, which I really enjoyed, but I kind of lost my connection with, with uh, I guess the the client and with like that personal relationship with the client that I really enjoyed, and also a little bit with the horticultural side of it as well, mm. working in a big design practice. So I took a, a bit of a curve to go almost back to grassroots of, of garden design and and become more connected with horticulture and with that kind of personal relationship with each project and and the client um and then as i say after 10 years doing all of that and gaining as much knowledge as possible i decided it's i felt ready to set up my own design practice yeah um really to i guess facilitate all the things i love about landscape architecture and sort of sieve out all the things i dislike about all the practices that yeah, I've worked yeah, in, yeah. Um, and that's—I think—that's what you do when you when you change practices. You learn as much about what not to do as, as what to do. Yeah. So now I'm in the really fortunate position of, of uh, being a director in a design practice that work on projects that I love doing, and you know, able to function in a way that I feel is sustainable and and yeah, has a work-life balance that I'm, I'm really happy with. Okay, so why DWG? We struggled with names a lot, didn't we? We were backwards and forwards, yeah. and we just wanted a a simple name that anyone in our industry can relate to. Mm. And we in, we just came up with the thought of DWG, and and a lot of people in the industry probably have a negative kind of relationship with DWG because you know we we all started off as as CAD monkeys, effectively, or a lot of us did. Yeah, I think everyone at some point in their career has been involved with CAD, and actually, if you look at it from a bird's eye perspective. CAD has completely revolutionised our industry. Yeah, it has closed gaps between disciplines. Yeah, it's um, ensured, I guess, the the longevity of the industry in a way because yeah. it's allowed for information transfer. It's, I mean, only the other day in the office, um, a colleague brought up uh, two photographs: um, one of a design practice in the seventies, a landscape architect practice, and one in this year, yeah. two thousand and nineteen. And there's about 30 people working on A1 boards, paper absolutely everywhere, all drawing, hand-drawing plans, versus an office with five people in it working on Macs without a printer inside or a drawing board inside. And actually, the difference is huge, and yet they're still outputting effectively the same amount of work. But I also think, you know, something you you touched on in our kind of conversations about the naming of the podcast was that it kind of cuts across... Um, the kind of potential hierarchy of, of practice as well definitely and you know from people from students to managing directors or you know founding directors or whatever of these massive corporations massive great big organizations 
Definitely. Every single one in that chain um, knows what knows what DWG yeah. is or yeah. Completely. And I love the idea of you know a, a student sitting in a you know university studio yeah. working on a lonely computer at two o'clock in the morning trying to get their dissertation done on on CAD. Yeah. Versus like you say a bustling hundred plus employee office design office. Yeah. Where you know the managing director's sitting there checking a CAD drawing. Yeah. And like you say, it, it breaks down that that hierarchy. Um, and across you know engineers, architects, there's so many disciplines that that you know. And you only have to look at BIM modeling as as the latest, I guess, in in where CAD's going and yeah. how it can, you know, it's revolutionised the industry. So, I guess that we quite, we quite like taking a, a relatively dull kind of name <laughs> and actually looking at, at what it's achieved, yeah. and then you know, effectively relating that to our podcast in that we're trying to, you know, break through hierarchies and sort of social disconnect and, and I guess gaps in the industry mm. using a, a very simple series of conversations. Where do we go from here, man? It's a good question, Ben. Maybe yeah. that should be our first podcast. I think it might be. I think <laughs> it might be.